You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Welcome to the TWS Sports Podcast. Have you been listening? Do you know what sport we're actually playing? Whoa, 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 whoa. I was number nine. Don't be putting me down at number 11. Back in the day, I defeated Dwayne The Rock Johnson twice. The Paralympics almost has more power than the Olympics ever will be. I'm not really a fun kind of guy. doesn't really like people. Come on, then. Let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to the TWS Sports Podcast with me, Adam Millichip. I'm joined by my co-host, Tom. How are you this week, Tom? Great, thanks. Enjoying the summer holidays. <laughs> Good, yes. The weather's not too bad here in England, but could be better. Before we start, I just wanted to give a shout out to the Daily American Podcast. This is another great podcast where Dan interviews people from around the world who have very interesting stories of struggle in life, struggles in life, overcoming challenges and battling through tough times. So please go and check out the Daily American Podcast. Tom is a student at Technowood School, which is a school for children and young adults with autism. And we have set up this podcast to provide our pupils with a fantastic opportunity to develop a range of skills through weekly podcasts. However, this episode is going to be a slightly different episode as you have a very special guest on with us today. Joining us today on the TWS Sports Podcast is a former Vice President of Walt Disney World Florida, Lee Cockrell. Hi, Lee. How are you? Hey, Adam. How are you guys? Hi, Thomas. Good to see you. Hey, by the way, we went to a wedding Virtual wedding in the UK uh, about two weeks ago. <laughs> it was out Good. on a farm. It was on a farm, and oh. uh, fr- yeah, friends of ours up in the Manchester area. Uh-huh. How was how was a virtual wedding then? It was obviously very different. It was, great. it was great. They had dog. They had dogs there. Kids. People. I mean, it was it was fun. It was fun. Lee, you have been working in business for a long time. What made you get into business in the first place? Well, uh, you'll be surprised. That kind of was an accident. I grew up a little in a little farm in Oklahoma. We were very poor. Uh, I didn't expect to go to college, but my mother got married five times, so husband number four had money. So I got to go to <laughs> I got to go to 
college, but I didn't, I, I didn't really pay attention. I didn't study. I didn't go to class. So I left college after two years, went in the army. And uh, when I got out of the army, I met a fellow there and he said, you want to go to Washington DC with me? I'd never been out of Oklahoma in my whole life. We went to Washington. I'd never been in a hotel. We got a, I got a job as a waiter in the banquet department and banqueting. And um, I just did a great job. I tried to be better than everybody else. And then I got promoted eventually into a management training program. And uh, that was my luck. And I said, the reason I got those opportunities is I have a really good attitude. <laughs> so yeah. I, I uh, cooperated and I'm very organized. When I tell somebody I'm going to do something, I, uh, I have a good system for keeping up with my promises. So it was just kind of an accident. And then 35 years later, I was running Disney World. So I guess, uh, <laughs> but every job I had, I just tried to be the best person there, the best attitude. I tried to be flexible. Uh, uh, do what they wanted me to do. And I kept learning. And uh, so uh, I wouldn't, I guess I wouldn't recommend that to everybody, but it worked out for me. I think definitely, obviously, I've I've read a bit about you. I've watched some of your interviews. You have a very, as you said, a very strong work ethic. But as you've also mentioned, a bit of luck as well. I think everyone in life needs a bit of luck along the way, don't they? Absolutely. (laughs) I was lucky I met my wife and lucky uh, (laughs) with a lot of things. And uh, yeah, I mean, um, the work ethic probably came from growing up on a farm because you work pretty hard on a farm. The kids, everybody has a job to do. Even when I was in third grade, I had to milk cows in the morning. And uh, um, yeah, there's always something to do. Yeah, definitely. Um, So you mentioned about Disney then. So am I right in, correct me if I'm wrong, am I right in saying you joined Disney in in 1990 and helped open Disneyland Paris? Yeah, I had been with Marriott Hotels for 17 years and I got recruited by Disney to go to France and open Disneyland Paris. And we went and uh, I was there two two, two years before the opening and one year after the opening before I came to Walt Disney World in Orlando. It was great. So how was it? How did it, how did that opportunity for you to work with Disney come about? Did you go straight into, was it a kind of a top role or did you work your way up in Disney? No, I, uh, I had a f- strong food and beverage background. I'd run food and beverage operations. I was in charge. I was the vice president of food and beverage planning for Marriott corporation for worldwide eventually, because I focused on learning the food business and uh, they recruited me to open the restaurants and food facilities at the resorts at Disneyland Paris because that's what they needed. So I went there. I did that for two years. Then I became got promoted to vice president of hotel operations. So it was, but my food and beverage carried me into it carried me into Disney. Fantastic. And yeah. what are your memories of of that park being opened? Because I'm a writer. It was a bit of a. a a, diff, a difficult time with Disney. Disney didn't quite know how to kind of work in, with Europe and how to, because I've, I've heard conflicting positive and negative things about it, but what's your experience of it? It was the hardest job I've ever had in my life. <laughs> it was because uh, the business didn't show up. We opened on April 12th, 1992, and we, we lost $1 million a day for like every day. <laughs> Crazy. And uh, the pressure, you know, the, every, everybody's, is on contract that works in France. So we were 2000 people overstaffed for that summer and could not eliminate them. So we had a huge payroll 
And uh, it was difficult. Uh, you know, everything we did was in five languages, uh, from registration in the hotels to menus. To, uh, it, it was hard. Yeah, it was. Uh, I'm not sure I would do it again. <laughs> it almost killed me. <laughs> Yeah, it's obviously a very difficult thing. And I know Disney have just recently opened a few years ago in, in Shanghai and they've got one in, in Tokyo and, and Hong Kong. Is that right? Correct. Um, so, yeah, obviously they, they like a challenge and they like to, to, to challenge themselves. <laughs> yep. I, I, I learned how people, you know, you hear people say, I worked 18 hours a day. Well, we really did. <laughs> <laughs> that was... What was your biggest challenge is about opening Disneyland Paris? You know, for me, I didn't speak French. <laughs> so all of a sudden, you know, it was, although we conducted most business in English, uh, it was difficult for me to go, just go out in the operation and, and, and speak to the, uh, the cast members, the employees. Uh, and, you know, you can't be as effective when you don't speak the language, you know, I'd have a translator, but, uh, I think about that a lot. If you can't communicate directly with people, it's hard to uh, explain to them what you're trying to get done. So the language was hard. And uh, if I'd have spoken French, I probably would have, we would have still lost a million dollars a year. But, <laughs> uh, it, it was, but on the other hand, uh, I learned to speak enough to, you know, get my food and get my glass of wine and a glass of milk and, uh, get gas in my car. And so, and my wife spoke, spoke French. So that was good. And my son married a French lady, so he speaks French now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was a tough, it was tough, the language. Yeah. And so when did you, you finish working with Disney Lee? When I left Disney in 06 after 16 06. years. So do you think, Obviously, you weren't you weren't involved with them going to like Shanghai and stuff like that. But do you think that Disney have have adapted and and learned from their experiences in Paris to be able to open other other parks around the world? Absolutely. You know, I think the part of the problem with France was just American arrogance. You know, we can do it. They'll do what we say. They'll spend the much money. Blah blah blah. And they don't. And uh, we didn't pay attention to the culture like we should have. And in, in uh, Hong Kong and uh, Shanghai, we did. We hired uh, people from China, trained them in the U.S. for a couple of years or three, depends how long. And then they went back. They run it. Yeah. We have a couple of we have a few Disney people over there, Americans, but very few. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, one, you've got to respect the culture. If you don't, you know, and America's kind of got a bad rap for uh, trying to tell the world what to do. <laughs> what was your greatest achievement about opening Disneyland Paris? That I survived. <laughs> <laughs> that, I think my was that I didn't get fired, probably, and that. Uh, <laughs> but on the other, my probably personal achievement is I learned a lot. You know, I tell everybody, anybody who can work in a foreign country should. It gives you a it it really gives you a whole new appreciation for the rest of the world. When I left Oklahoma, I'd never been anywhere. I mean anywhere, and I've now done business and traveled to forty five countries in the world. And uh, I'm a better person. I'm a you know just meeting the people, knowing the people, uh, understanding. You know, no country is better or worse. They're just different. 
and uh, you've got to learn to uh, to adjust and adapt. And that's what I learned a lot uh, because uh, when you haven't been to a foreign country and you've grown up in a little little farm town in Oklahoma, you don't know much. <laughs> and I I was surprised in my life what I didn't know. I mean, a lot. And today I still I read a lot. I study a lot because. What we don't know is incredible, <laughs> you know. So did it, was it in 1994 then you moved to Orlando? Uh, 93, yeah. 93. So did you go straight in the position of, of, of vice president or did you, yeah. what position did you I, go into? I came to Orlando as senior vice president of the hotel division. So I was in charge of all the hotels here. And there's a lot of them. That's, I say that's, and, a, that's, a, that's a big job. You, How did you your, find that? Yeah, to, Two years later, I was promoted to be in charge of all operations, including <laughs> parks. So, so moving then, how did you find? I've been. I'm lucky enough. I've been to Walt Disney World uh, five times. I'm going again in, next year. So I, I could, I understand the scale of of, of Disney. Um, but before I ever went to Disney, I thought it's more Mickey Mouse. It, it's Magic Kingdom. Um, because I I never really grew up with Disney. I watched a few films, but it wasn't really in my family. It wasn't until I met my wife, who is the biggest Disney fan in the world, who who convinced me to go. Because I was very much like, no, I don't want to go to Disney. It's it's all Mickey Mouse. It's not for me. And then after being there for one day, I was like, this is the best place in the world. It's a, it's amazing. Um, so how did you find kind of being in in charge of of over 20 hotels and obviously got all the running costs and the cast members. How did you, how did you find that when you first went? Well, I, I had never worked in actually a theme park, so I'd never worked in the park. So I got a lot of resistance from the management there, but they were, they thought they should have got the job instead of me. You know, that's always difficult when you come in from the outside and a lot of them been there 25, 30 years. And so I had to work through that and just get to know everybody. And, uh, uh, and basically, my I didn't really, I told the people that ran the parks, I'm not here to run the parks. I'm here to just make sure everything gets done and I'm going to hire, I need you. And I need that. I hire, I'm pretty much somebody who hires experts to do all everything. <laughs> and uh, because it's so complicated today, it's very, very complicated from security to transportation, to retail, to uh, engineering, um, maintenance. And so I said, I, I, uh, I always really, uh, my, my success has been hire great people, let them do their job. And, I, and, uh, when they need me, they can call me, but, uh, then I have to figure out where to spend my time. And I spent my time basically making sure we're hiring great people, making sure we had training for everybody that was really strong training and that we treated them right. Uh, I call that hire them, right. Train them, right. And treat them right. And life works Definitely. out pretty well. And, um, uh, that's, that's my theory. I didn't, I don't have a big personal need to know everything. I trust the people I hire to do their job. And, uh, so it works pretty well that way because you can't come in there and act like, you know, everything it's way too complicated. It's a city. I mean, it's like amazing. So, uh, I had the right attitude. I think about it and, uh, people stepped up and they did their jobs and, uh, that was great. I think definitely. I think looking back on on my career, like I'm I'm just a teacher, so nothing close to what you, you, are, you actually, you've done. I'm I'm pretty sure teachers are the most important thing in the world. <laughs> it's a teacher is the oldest profession, by the way, not what you thought it was. <laughs> yeah, I suppose definitely so. And I look back at my 
my principals and my head teachers. And I think the ones that put their confidence in me to, to do my job and just let me do, do my own thing instead of kind of telling me what to do and bossing me around were definitely the ones that I worked harder for and respected more and got the best out of me. So yeah, it's, it's, and it's by definitely, the way, today, young people won't put up with that. They no. leave. They'll they'll walk away if you don't if you uh, don't treat them right and you try to boss them around. I said, in that fact, I tell people we need less bosses in the world and more teachers everywhere because that's our job is to teach. I mean, it's yeah. not to in, we're not there to intimidate people and um, uh, make them afraid. And no, that's ridiculous. Definitely. And so yeah. Um, so just moving on then, I think there's a few years. I just want to take this bit that I read on your your website or, or, or one of the websites about you. And I, it's, it's incredible. So it says, Lee Cockrell is a former vice executive president of operations at Walt Disney World. As the senior operating executive for 10 years, Lee led 40,000 cast members and was responsible for 20 resort hotels, four theme parks, two water parks, a shop-in, an entertainment village, ESPN sports and recreation complex, addition to operations which support number one vacation destination in the world. Wow, that's that's a hell of a job title. Um, The title was good, but I didn't even know what was going on half the time. (laughs) So So did you, with all of that, did you feel, you must have felt a lot of pressure. Did you? Did you feel pressure to to make it work? Actually, it didn't bother me that much, that kind of pressure, uh, because I had such a great team. Everything went well. Uh, you know, I think the pressure is when things are out of control in your life. When you don't have control, you don't, when you feel like you don't have control, you get distressed, you get anxiety, depression. Uh, uh, no, work never bothered me. The things that makes me upset is when something happens to my family. You know, uh, uh, I went through anxiety and depression for about two years because my wife got sick and almost died uh, 10 years ago. And I had to take care of her for two years. That was what cause stress but at work i come home i take a shower get a good night's sleep and i'm ready to go so work never bothered me that much but uh a lot of people in the workplace today are suffering from a lot of anxiety i mean you know in in the uk everywhere uh uh, i can imagine in the health service there people must be stressed out and and uh and uh in education everywhere. And yeah, definitely. So Especially you gotta take at the care moment. I say the way I take care of myself, I eat right, I sleep right, and I uh, get ex- and I exercise every day. And uh, that takes a lot of the stress away. I think exercise, my wife and I have a trainer. We do it online twice a week. We do strength training and balance and agility so we don't fall and break a hip. And <laughs> so we just try to take care of ourselves. And I try to take, you know, I weigh exactly what I did when I got out of the army 57 years ago. <laughs> and uh, People say, how do you do that? I said, because I want to. <laughs> I eat less. <laughs> no, so, definitely. That's, that's but incredible. you got to take care of yourself. That's where the stress comes from is when you get at, when your life gets out of control. Yeah. yeah I think the big thing now, lots of people need to take care of the mental health as well, rather than just exactly. their physical health. There's a lot more about mental health at the moment, isn't there? There is, actually. What did you enjoy most about working at Disney World? Well, I will tell you, almost I I enjoyed most days because the guests, our guests are really happy. <laughs> so I didn't have that many issues with customers. You know, we're not selling cigarettes or uh, something. We're selling uh, fun, families being together. And that's, that's quite enriching. I felt... 
on, I would say on balance, I enjoyed every day I went to work, except during 9-11 or hurricanes or recessions where we had to cut costs. And the business side was tough sometimes. But uh, I enjoyed uh, going out in the parks and watching the guests watch the parade and the kids having fun. And that was the best part, to go out in the parks and walk around and see everybody having a great time. Yeah. And um, so that was my upside. As you mentioned there, obviously, um, there have been some difficult times at Disney as well. And and you mentioned 9-11 and Florida's very well known for its hurricane season. How did the more difficult times of, of, of Disney affect the company? Yeah, they were tough. I mean, you know, and after 9-11, we had 35% of our guests canceled almost that day. Didn't come. We had to take $400 million out of our cost base and we had to find it. And that's stressful. I mean, I didn't have a day off for six weeks. We sat and worked and tried to figure it out. And um, so those times are hard when you have to do something that's going to hurt people, you know, uh, laying people off that have families and kids. And that's pretty rough. People always ask me, what was the hardest part of my job? And I said, the hardest part's always when you have to terminate somebody. You know, they're good people, but they can't, they're not doing the job. And uh, yeah. so I think it's always people related, the things that bother you the most. It's, you know, the other stuff's no big deal, but people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just want to touch on a bit of sport that, because Disney do a lot of sport. Um, I know Disney have the ESPN wide world of sports complex in Disney yeah. world. Were you a vice president when that was being built? ESPN. Well, I was. Yeah. Right. And, what are your memories of that being built and, and what sort of things happened happen there? Well, the fellow who ran it for me was Reggie Williams. He was an all pro football player from Cincinnati, all pro 12 years in a row. He was a Dartmouth scholastic guy. He was very smart. He, and uh, pretty much he was the one who was put in charge of put running the whole thing. He had all the contacts in the sports business and, and uh the construction's the easy part. You know, you build the stadium, you make the baseball fields. That's, that's not hard. It's uh, getting the right people is always the, get the right people in there to run it. I would say anytime we have difficulties because we don't have the right person in the job. Yeah. And so that's always something you got to think about. Do I have the right person in the job? And if you don't, the hard part now, what am I going to do? Uh, you know, and so that was always difficult, but, and, you know, then we had the professional teams coming there and they're very demanding, <laughs> you know, the Yankees and the, <laughs> yeah, they want it like they want it. And so yeah. you've got to really be on your ball game and you got to be, uh, attention to detail is really important in those, with those businesses. And, uh, and we had a, thousands of kids, you know, we had a period every year where we had 1,200 basketball games within two weeks. Uh, all the high schools come there and the colleges come to look at them, to pick them out for the next big jobs and pro uh, pro uh, guys come there looking for the next basketball players for the NBA. And so you get a lot of, uh, yeah. a lot of uh, important people. I think it's so hard for our listeners. If you've never been to, to Disney world, how, how big it actually is the scale of, of, of Disney. And I went to the ESPN um, sports a few years ago and, and it's huge. And last year they stepped in for COVID and had held all the MLS games and held the NBA games. I think you've got all them teams, all them thousands of players to be able to hold 
them games in was it two or three weeks they managed to do it. Um, it's just incredible. So the facilities are, are second to none. And we had Prince Harry here. Did you? Yeah, he, he was, was here. He, he spoke. My wife was extremely impressed by him, his speaking ability, and he's a, was he really related to everyone quite well. Did you speak to him? I, I wasn't in town. I was out no. of town, and my wife <laughs> went with her mother and uh, somebody else. But he he was a very uh, impressive guy. Yeah, we liked him. Well, you've you've kept him now. You've got him forever. (laughs) We got him in where is he? In California? Yeah, Yeah, I think so. The Henshaw's Insurance Group is one of the top 100 independent insurance brokers in the country and is here to bring you peace in mind. We've been in business for over 50 years and have offices in Newport, Shrewsbury and Stafford. Our 45-plus strong team deals with both business and personal insurance, and we offer a free, no-obligation, consultations and quotations. So give us a call today. Just coming on to the cast members at Disney World, from from my experience, I know Tom's been to, to Disneyland Paris, the cast members or the staff there are, in my opinion, the best staff in the world. They're so polite, they'll do anything to help you their their knowledge of the rides of the parks of the hotels is is fantastic is that something that you kind of installed and really wanted the cast members to to know and to learn and because they're so helpful to everyone i will say that number one thing that's important in my business and disney business and your any of any business is picking the right people having people who have a good attitude who have passion who you know uh to be in the service business, you got to want to serve because it's hard. And uh, second is training. We train people and we're very clear with them. We have high expectations for how they treat the guests and uh, we train them well and we re-emphasize that. Every, it's kind of like your mother, you know, she never stops telling you how to do it better. <laughs> I tell everybody, manage like a mother. Mothers just keep doing <laughs> Even when you're 80 years old, your mother's still telling you how to do things. And that's what we do. We have high expectations just like a mother does. And uh, we just stay on it and, and the guests love it. And we have a high reputation for that. And it's hard to keep a good reputation. You got to work hard every day. Everything matters. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's a uh, expectation and that's how, that's how it is. And that's why, that's why you see that when you go there, hopefully. (laughs) No, so I've been five times. My wife's been eight times and, (laughs) <laughs> not once have I ever seen a, a cast member be rude or or not helpful or anything. They're always the most helpful people I think in the world. Uh, they'll do anything for you, and yeah. if you if you ever lost or need some information, they'll they'll always give it to you. And, and they know the answer as well. They they will their knowledge of the parks of everything is so so fantastic, which is which is incredible. Yeah. Um, Tom, did you want to ask question ten? Yeah. Uh, what is the best bit of Disney magic that you have seen? The best part of Disney magic? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think what, you know, somebody asked me, what is magic? And I said, magic is when you can't figure out how somebody does something. (laughs) It's great, but you don't know how they do it. And I think the best part is that we stay committed. We get better every year. We get better every day. Uh, that we are, we go out of our way to make everybody have a wonderful vacation. 
we know we say everybody's got a different job at Disney, but we only have one purpose, and that's to make sure that you have the most fabulous time of your life when you come there. And uh, I tell you, the secret is we hire right, train right, and treat them right, and people take care of you. And uh, if we if we if everybody did that more in the world, were nicer, and took care of people, and paid attention, and helped people, we'd have a better world, I think. And I think that's part of the problem. We could all be better. All of us could be better. Definitely. And uh, and like the work you're doing, Adam. I mean, that's that's amazing. That's most people are not doing the things that matter. Uh, the world has turned into a place where everybody talks a lot, but they don't do much. And uh, you know, they go online, they go on Facebook, blah blah blah, but they don't get out there and really do the hard work of uh, changing the world, making it a better place. So we try to focus on that at Disney, and uh, it's it's fun to work in a place where almost everybody's happy. <laughs> yeah, I, it is. So the, the guests are always happy. The, the the staff or the cast members are always very happy. Yeah. Um. What What have you seen over the, your time at Disney? Um. Have you ever seen a time where maybe a cast member's gone above and beyond, or um, to enhance a guest's experience? What's kind of the best bit of of magic you've seen given to a guest? Oh, I think that happens every day, and we don't even know about it because we allow them to do that. You know, anything from you coming up and you're in the dining room and you, you, the waitress here overhears you say you lost your phone charger. She'll probably go to the store and get you one and bring it to your room. Um, uh, some child has a problem, you know, they get their clothes wet or something. They'll give you a coupon to go get a free dress from the shop. They'll, if you lose something, uh, Disney, oh, you know, you lose your, uh, autograph book or your hat or something you just bought, we'll give you another one. Uh, I mean, um, yeah, we just, uh, the cast members are trained to take care of the guest and make them happy, you know, and uh, we give them the authority to do that. They don't have to go get a manager. They can, uh, we had one guy after 9-11 uh, we had a fireman at Disney and there were no rental cars left. There was no way to get back to New York. And he was from New York. And because uh, all the flights were canceled, everything during that period. And one of our bellmen told the guy he could take his car and drive it to New York and pick it up later. You know? Wow. Can you imagine? It's incredible. Amazing. Yeah. These kind of things. I hear about them all the time because. There's they happen all day long and we don't even really know that it's happening. So I know me and my wife were very lucky a few years ago. We we went to stay at Caribbean Beach, but I think four or five years ago, Caribbean Beach went through a big renovation. Right. And um we managed to get an like a change of hotel and they upgraded us to Animal Kingdom Lodge, which is like the best experience ever. So waking up there with a giraffe walking past and <laughs> and it was just incredible. And I said we they upgraded us for, for free of charge and it was just uh, made the holiday and the experience so much better than it already was, which was which was incredible. Yeah, that's my favorite hotel too. I love that hotel. Yeah, I say I'm, I'm mine. I think it's an incredible when, hotel. When, I, when when my grandson was little, we took him there and there were two giraffes eating out of the same tree, and he said he told me they were kissing. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's a fantastic, fantastic hotel. Which of the six Disney parks is your favorite and why? Well, I think, you know, it's two ways. One, uh, 
uh, Disneyland Paris, I'll never forget. I'm not going to say it's my favorite because it was really hard. But I say the Magic Kingdom in Orlando because I took my grandkids there. They were born after I came here. And over the years, I would take them, my granddaughter and my grandson, and do things with them together as when they were little. And those are memories you don't forget. And they're great. But I like Ep- Epcot, too. I like to go to Epcot in the afternoon, evening, have dinner at France, France French Pavilion or the UK uh, Pavilion or one of those, and then stay for the fireworks. Uh, they're, they all have something different. And the Animal Kingdom's amazing with all the animals. And so, but I think with the kids, the Magic Kingdom was always the favorite. Yeah. yeah I think looking for me next year, I'm taking my daughter and she'll be two. And I just can't, I can't wait to walk down Main <laughs> Street and, and make her see the castle and just experience sort of Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse yeah. and just seeing her, her face and the photos and the memories. So that's what I'm, I'm You're really going to take a lot to. of photos. Thousands, probably thousands. Take a lot of photos, right? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Question: This is for my wife. My wife wanted me to ask this question, so I, I, make, I have to ask it. So my wife Faye is yeah. off, is the biggest Disney fan in the world, in my opinion, and she wanted to know that Disney, especially Magic Kingdom, has lots of of hidden secrets that people know about, but they're not out in the public. So, for example, we went last time. I think there's a phone in one of the shops on main street that you can hear answering it. It's a conversation. You can hear a conversation happening and there's a few other things as well. Do you, can you maybe tell us one that isn't very well known, but it's kind of a magic in, in magic kingdom. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not so sure I can remember those little secrets, but I, I can remember that we always look for ways to do those things. We used to have uh, water fountains and I, I don't know if that talked to you when you start drinking water, <laughs> the, the voice comes out and tells you that's enough. You've had enough water. You, you know, I mean, they're, with technology, they're figuring out a lot of new ways and new little things to, uh, to do, but uh uh, a lot of people, they have a tour you can take, you know, uh, you, you pay for it and they take you under, they take you underground because all of the uh, support facilities are in a tunnel underneath. Uh, we had a special armored car it had to be built really small. So it would go down in the tunnel to get the money to take <laughs> to the bank. Uh, and uh, I think that's a lot of people are surprised. The cafeteria is underneath you know, uh, no, Magic, right. Magic, King- Magic Kingdom's on level two. Yeah. That, and underneath is huge, gigantic facilities of the costuming, cafeterias, locker rooms, uh, everything you can imagine. It's uh, quite impressive. So is that the same with all the Magic Kingdoms around the world or just Orlando? No, just that one. And and Epcot has a, a, a one area that's got tunnels, but Magic Kingdom's the only one that's got everything underground. You don't see any trash. You don't see, you see nothing. I've heard about those. Yeah. Yeah. I think looking at the kind of the, the Disney magic and the things that we were just on about there, the one thing that I remember from a few years ago, I think it's it's behind the castle, um, just in front of the carousel. There's a sword sword and a stone. And yeah, you, you pull the sword, pull the sword out. <laughs> and I was there thinking I'm big and strong. I can do this. Pull, Tried to pull it. Didn't happen. Behind me comes a three-year-old girl and <laughs> pulls it out Hold straight it away. <laughs> <laughs> so just coming on to, we mentioned your favorite parks there. Do you have a favorite ride? Yeah, I liked uh, Rock and Roller Coaster was one of my favorites. It's so fast, so quick. I love the acceleration when it takes off. 
And uh, yeah, and uh, Tower of Terror was fun when it first opened. And Buzz Lightyear was my grandkids' favorite, Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> so yeah, they are. Do you still visit the parks much now? Not too much when we have people in town. Sometimes I take people there. Uh, I try to wait until winter. It's really hot this summer. Mm. So yeah, we go sometimes. Yeah, and I do a lot of speaking at for con- conferences at Disney and conventions. Looking back at your career at Disney, what's been your your proudest moment of, of working with Disney? Personally I, for you? You know, I, I tell people the proudest moment and the hardest was 9-11, where everybody did their job. We we, we handled that perfectly. We evacuated 75,000 guests out of the parks in an hour and a half, got them back to their resorts. We issued tickets to them on the way out so they could come back the next day for free. They're, they're, we uh, took care of characters going to the hotels to entertain the children because everybody was so upset. Uh, we we gave people free phone calls around the world. We gave uh, people uh, we did, uh, people who were out of money. Some people didn't have any more money and couldn't get flights. That we didn't charge them for their rooms. We, I mean, we did all the right things that day, and it was really. Uh, and that day I didn't do much, but all the cast members did what they were supposed to do because they had been trained and knew what to do. And that to me was my satisfaction that, wow, we can handle this. And, uh, definitely. And I know it's, it's a completely different, um, thing happening at the moment, but it's still an extreme, extreme case with, with COVID and Disney have had to cope and manage that very well. And I know they closed their parks for, for a while and they're back open now. It was hard. And it's a, a difficult time at the moment for Disney, isn't it? But hopefully yeah. the guests yeah. will, will return. I'm, I'm sure they will. So just going back on to sport and a bit of Disney, sport and Disney now. So Disney have, have four golf courses. Do you play any golf and have you ever played, played golf there? I used to play golf and I quit because I was so bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> I gave my golf clubs to my son. I said, uh, it's a, no. I have played, but I don't, I don't really, I'm not a very good at golf. So I try not to do too many things I'm not good at. They I'm say, hoping. why do I give speeches? I say, because people clap. When I <laughs> when I play golf, nobody claps. <laughs> yeah, I play quite a lot of golf. It's a very, very frustrating sport. It definitely. is. Looking at large companies now, or even any company really, what if you could give one piece of advice for a, a leader or a boss as such, what would kind of advice would that would you give them to help them become a great leader? Yeah, I would say the most important thing for me is to pay attention to the people, respect them, include them, listen to them, their opinion counts, train them, uh, uh, build their self-confidence, help them get ahead in life. I mean, that's the name of the game. It's all about people. If you know, the job at Disney does not get done by the management. It gets done by the people on the front line who, who want to do it, not have to do it. They want to do it. And uh, I think that's the key of you've got to treat people respectfully and you've got to help them get ahead in life and have a better life. And so you train them and you get them into jobs and you give them responsibility and you teach them. And uh, that's a big deal. And that's why we say uh, hire the right people and then treat them right. And uh, they'll do a they'll do a great job for you. Most people that don't do a good job is because they're not being treated right, frankly. Just look in your look at in the UK or look in the US. It's the same. We yeah. don't treat people like we should. We think the people above us think they're a big deal. They think they're more important. They think, uh, and uh, at the end of the day, the people uh, on the front lines are the ones that I want to be happy and get the job done. 
you also have uh, the Disney Marathon every year. Have you ever considered running that? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I ran I, one time when I was younger. I lived in East Washington, and I ran 11 miles one day, and it took me like a month to recover. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not programmed to be running long distances. That's uh, I can't. I, it's it's amazing to me how people do that. So we, uh, incredible. It's all in your brain, I guess. I mean, you know, you gotta. Yeah, I couldn't do but, it either. No, I'm not doing any marathons. I may watch <laughs> them, but I don't participate in them. This year, Walt Disney World celebrates its 50th anniversary. Um, will you be visiting during the anniversary? And what sort of things can guests guest experience and guests look forward to? Yeah, I mean, all the parks are going to have new shows, new fireworks, new uh, programs. Uh, the hotels will have special meals, special dinners, special. Uh, the pre- <clears throat> the president who was there, George Calagritis, will celebrate his 50th year with the company on October 1st. He started wow. as a busboy at a restaurant in 1971 when he was 17 and he became president. And uh, so there'll be a lot of recognition and uh, but a lot of new shows, new fireworks, new pro- it'll, yeah, new, new food dishes they've created just for the 50th and desserts and all kinds of things. Yeah. It seems like every, every year Disney make a new ride or build something new or, or change something. So people like myself have been quite a few times and people who go every year constantly see different different things happening is that something that that disney disney try and do and you did over your time is always think about how you can improve and how you can build better and build more things absolutely uh they're always working on a new ride a new attraction a new show uh, when the new movies come out they often come into the parks too as a ride or as a show uh, and uh, because the customers come a lot they come frequently and they you know, it's hard at Disney because the customers don't want anything changed and then they want everything changed. <laughs> so it's like when you close an attraction, they're not happy, but they want a new attraction. And uh, so, yeah, this, uh, you'll always see that. And with technology, they're getting more and more fabulous. I mean, more involvement, uh, more things you can do with technology now to make it more realistic. And, uh, you know, they're building a new Star Wars hotel where it'll be like you're in a space. I mean, the whole hotel, the whole hotel yeah, is like incredible in, traveling in space. And so I can't uh, wait for the yeah. next year when I go. I'm not, I have seen Star Wars. I'm not like a massive Star Wars fan. I have no. seen it, but I can't wait to go to Hollywood Studios because when I went a few years ago, they were just building the Star Wars land. Um, and to see that, I've heard amazing reviews about it. And I can't wait to go and go and experience yeah. that. You're um, always going to see something new. Yeah. What I just wanted to ask, another thing that amazed me, well, many things that amazed me at Disney is going back to when I went there, I think last time we went in in August and me and my wife were there in Magic Kingdom till about one o'clock in the morning. And we were back there <laughs> at nine o'clock in the morning. And the park had gone from being a normal park to being transformed for Halloween in like a few hours. Right. How, how much work goes on overnight to change it for Halloween, to change it for Christmas? Because it seems like impossible to me that it can be changed so fast but somehow you managed to do it well first of all we've got a huge staff that pay, that's all they do all year is make sure getting everything ready like you just getting all the christmas decorations ready making checking all the bulbs 
jobs, <laughs> making sure everything's working, and they do it overnight. And uh, I think there's 5,000 people work in that department where they uh, they actually you go to bed and next morning there's a Christmas tree. <laughs> it's incredible. It takes it takes me in my house two weeks to put up the Christmas decorations, and somehow you do it in about five yeah. hours. It's yeah, that, it's an amazing thing. We hear that we hear that comment a lot. How do you do this? And it's just a lot of people doing what they're supposed to do, and all the hotels get changed, the parks get changed, everything. You also have your own podcast called uh, Creating Disney Magic. Can you tell us a little bit about the podcast? Yeah, sure. You know, uh, I didn't even know what a podcast was seven years ago, and a fellow called me and said, "Have you ever thought about having your own podcast?" And I said, uh, no, but uh, if, I, if you do all the work, I'll talk. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't edit. I don't do any. I don't. He does everything for me. And uh, we kept we keep it to 15 minutes only. It's 15 minutes every Tuesday because the attention span of people today, that's what they like. They can listen to it in the car. They can listen to it at work or at home or wherever. And uh, we give very straightforward, candid uh, advice on leadership, management, customer service, uh, culture, even personal things. I did two podcasts about my anxiety and my depression I went through. I've done them on, we do it on children, how to pay attention to kids. And we, we, we've done, uh, we're going to, this year we'll hit number 400, 400 weeks. We've never missed a week. And, uh, and uh, they're, they're really good learning. Some people go back and listen to every one of them because there's a good, uh, it's good to, it's a good way to develop your leadership and your management skills and your, uh, gives you things to think about that you could do better in your life. And, uh, so it's been great. I love it. I hear from people all over the world, uh, all the time from Russia to China to everywhere. And, uh, I have a lot of fans in the UK <laughs> that follow me and uh, it's just fun. And it's a, it's a way you're being a teacher and, you know, online learning is going to be the future. I mean, it is that's people are going to learn online. Students can't even afford in the U S to go to the college campus, but they can learn online and they can learn and they, they're, they're used to it. It's, it's not difficult. So uh, we're and w right now we're developing some courses uh, nine-week courses for some colleges in the U.S. and they'll be done online, and the students love it. So, yeah, I think especially yeah. COVID's highlighted the fact that I don't know about you in the U.S., but us in the U.K., majority of our learning's been online over the last sort of year and a half, and and yes, students' feedback's very positive. You, it's I think I agree it's going to be the way forward for lots of students to do access their learning online. Yeah, for all of us. I mean, I learn a lot. I take courses online and I I listen to podcasts. I learn a lot of things too, just online. It's it's at your fingertips. You know, you don't have any excuse. If you don't, <laughs> you don't. know if you don't know something, it's your own fault. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just come on to the, come the, the last question now. So as I mentioned a few times now, me and my wife and my daughter are going to Disney World for the well, for her first time um next August. Any tips or advice that we can make the holiday or vacation extra special for my daughter? Is there any things you recommend doing with a, with a two-year-old? Well, two-year-old, she's going to love everything. <laughs> she's going to be, she, and one day she won't even remember she was here. <laughs> have, that's why you have to bring her back over and over and over and over as she gets older. 
But I would say what, uh, in your uh, pace yourself, people plan to do too much and August is hot. So get up in the morning and go early, go to whatever park you're going to stay till maybe after lunch, come back to your resort, go to the swimming pool, take a nap, rest up, going back in the evening when the sun goes down and it's much more pleasant and stay as long as you want. Your daughter will probably sleep in her stroller, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, pace yourself and enjoy yourself too. Uh, Cause if uh, the, the resorts are great too, the pools, the swimming pools, the, a lot of relaxation there. So most people plan twice as much as they can actually do. And because it, it's exhausting. And uh, so uh, it drink, is lots of, drink lots of water and uh, your daughter, your your daughter will see all the princesses. She'll see Cinderella. She'll see all, <laughs> she'll be excited. And uh, then, uh, and I would say, get all your reservations in early, the dining reservations, that kind of stuff. Cause it gets busy down here. And uh, let me know when you're here. I, maybe we can get together. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. And I know she'll she'll love it. And for me and Faye, my wife's point of view, we'll just love seeing seeing her enjoy it and interact. That's the biggest <laughs> thing. Parents seeing their daughters happy. This is makes you happy. This is what makes parents happy. Be having the kids be happy. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Well, Lee, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. We really, really appreciate it. Um, it's Thanks, been fantastic Adam. speaking to you and, and getting your advice and thoughts on Disney and, and sport as well. And yeah, I really, really appreciate it. I really enjoyed speaking to you. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thomas, nice to, nice to meet you, man. You take care of yourself. All right, everybody. Have a good day. The TWS Sports Podcast combines autism and sport. This unique podcast is hosted by children with autism, and each week they interview famous sportsmen and women from around the world. The TWS Sports Podcast takes you deep into the sports star's career, their highs and lows, what happens away from the field of play, and so much more. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other podcast apps. The TWS Sports Podcast, where autism and sports combine. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs>